Good evening, everyone. I want to thank you for taking this time to be with us tonight in worship. Um, tonight, the message is going to be titled, From Heaven to Earth, From Heaven to Earth. Um, it's a message on discouragement. But be encouraged that as you listen to this message tonight, that your heart will not be troubled, your spirit will be blessed, your mind will be encouraged, and your life will change uh, if you would just listen, take the time to listen to God's Word tonight. But before we get into the message uh, this evening, I want to uh, bring up uh, several announcements to you to get everybody caught up on Wednesday, April the 1st, 2020. Uh, one of the first announcements that I have here is that uh, Miss Ashley, our Sunday School Director, she wanted me to let you know that if you need any activities or lesson plans or music or anything else for your children, uh, all you have to do is reach out to her. If uh, you do not have Miss Ashley's phone number, uh, you can call or text Miss Pam or myself and we will get her uh, information to you. And she also asked uh, that if your child is having trouble uh, at this time, just coping with uh, just being at home or whatever the case may be, uh, to reach out to her as well, that she wants to be a blessing to you and your family, as we know she will. Uh, many people have asked about Easter Sunday. There will be no sunrise service uh, and, uh, with everything that's going on right now. Uh, the Easter egg hunt obviously is being postponed. We will do that uh, at some point later. We will let you know uh, when that will be. We had a revival scheduled for April 17 uh, to 19 uh, to host a three-day revival. That has also been canceled. Uh, there is some good news that on May 24th of this year at 6 p.m., uh, we have set up a gospel concert here at the Hedgeville Baptist Church uh, with Westward Road. Westward Road. I've listened to their music. They are a wonderful gospel group. And we are looking forward to seeing them on May 24th at 6 p.m. I also wanted to convey to you a thank you for Larry and Jeannie for praying for their daughter, Jamie, and their family. Uh, just continue to pray for Jamie and the family. And they want to say thank you for all of the cards and the texts and the gifts and everything that uh, the church has done in response to this time. They greatly appreciate it. Uh, I've had people this past week had said that they had had problems with uh, listening to the podcast. Now, I want to give you a couple troubleshooting suggestions here really quick tonight. Uh, some of these, as we play these podcasts, uh, some of it could be a Wi-Fi problem, so you may need to check your router uh, or your service itself. Uh, when you go to the website uh, and you look for the link where it says podcast, when you open that, it will throw you into the library uh, of all of the messages that have been placed there. Uh, when you click on that, it brings up the next screen, click on the play button. Now there is a button to the right, an arrow that points down for download. So some cell phones or some services may have a problem with that. It may take a lot more data, may take a lot more time. But if you just click on the play button, you'll probably find that's going to work better for you. Uh, again, instead of downloading it. So, But if you have any other problems uh, with listening to the messages, just please let me know and we will uh, get you some technical support to help you through that. Uh, we're also looking for people's emails. We're working on a mass email list uh, of sending out emails for updated messages and so forth. Uh, if you would like your personal email to be added to the list, 
please send that to Miss Pam or myself, and we will make sure it gets to the appropriate people. And then that way you can not uh, only have the periodic tech text, you will also be getting an email with any updates and uh, so forth that's going on. Uh, we want to thank everyone for the tithes that they sent out last week. Uh, through your great generosity, the Lord truly blessed uh, the ministry, uh, and we greatly appreciate that. We do ask that you would continue to uh, send your tithes to the church to support his ministry. Uh, and if by doing that, you can send it to the P.O. Box uh, or the Butler's Chapel Road address, either way, uh, and we do appreciate that. The last thing that I have for announcements tonight is, is that if you have any prayer requests, you can send them straight to the prayer chain. Uh, if you don't have that information, you can send those requests to Miss Pam, myself, or uh, one of the deacons. Uh, please reach out to those men as well uh, and forward your request to them. And don't forget the deacons are here for you. If you need to speak to one of them or if you would like to, please make uh, sure that you take the time to reach out to them. Their phone numbers are in the new church directory. And again, if you do not have them, you can get a hold of Miss Pam or myself, uh, and we will be glad to get that information to you. So we hope that you're having a good week. Uh, Looking around here just in Berkeley County, we know that a lot's been going on, a lot will continue to go on, but God is still in control. So do not be discouraged or dismayed, my brothers and sisters, be encouraged by the Word of God. So if you will, take your uh, copy of God's Word tonight and go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 is where I want to start uh, this evening. With you, I have a few other things that I want to uh, say before we get into the text tonight. But before we even do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this glorious and this beautiful day that you have given to us. We thank you and we honor you tonight for the presence of Christ in our heart. Father, we thank you for the indwelling of the Spirit of God. We thank you, Lord, that you help us through each and every day and every measure of our life. Father, Lord, you have brought a countermeasure of grace and of love and of understanding we thank you, Lord, that you would be with us here tonight. Father, I pray if someone is listening to this message tonight or at any time in the future, that, Lord, if they find themselves to be a little bit discouraged, Lord, if they're facing some type of an unknown situation, Lord, I pray that as if they are true born-again believers in Jesus Christ, if they've been saved through the blood of Christ, Lord, I pray that they would just continue to hold on, on to you and to their faith. And Lord, I know that Satan is always trying to challenge the love of God in our hearts to say, well, if God loved you, this wouldn't happen. If God loved you, this would happen. Lord God, we know that all things that take place in our life, Father, are orchestrated by you. And there is a greater heavenly purpose for these things. And we just trust in you and we believe in you that all these things will be fulfilled and the grace and love of God will be found to be true. I thank you again for this ministry, Lord, and God, I praise you and I thank you for all the gospel ministries across this world. I thank you for all the pastors that are right now continuously praying uh, for their congregations, Lord, and for the pastors that are not able to uh, hold congregational meetings each week and have worship services, and Lord, that they're taking the time to uh, create these uh, podcasts and different types of, of media outreaches to their 
uh, church families and we thank you for them. We praise you that you would just be with their minds and their hearts and their flesh and be with their families. And Father, Lord, just continue to encourage the church families that, Lord, it doesn't matter when we come back together corporately in the church building, but Father, Lord, that we would stay connected within our hearts. And Lord, when we're able to announce that first day that we're able to come back, that, Lord, that we anxiously look forward to that day, that, Lord, we would not use this time where we're separated that, Lord, that it would be used as a time that it would discourage us or cause us not to be committed to you or committed to the work of God that you have placed us in when we're able to come back together. So, Lord, we just thank you for all of that. And, Father, help us to be an encouragement to the saved and to the lost, to the brethren, to those that need Christ. Father, let the world see Christ in us. And, Lord, we just thank you for this message tonight. I thank you for the preparations of the minds and the hearts. And I thank you for the text. Help us to be blessed and honored by you. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a uh, statement that was made uh, that was uh, immortalized in a uh, Hollywood movie. And I won't give it justice by mentioning it tonight. Some of you may recognize it. But there was a comment that was made during the movie. And it says, what we do on earth will echo in heaven. But my question tonight is simply this, is shouldn't this statement be, what is in heaven is echoing on earth now? What we take, we understand that what we do here on this earth, we take to heaven with us and we will be rewarded for those things that we have done for the cause of Christ and in the name of Christ with the purity of our hearts. But yet shouldn't heaven be seen in us today? Shouldn't the greater concern being about what heaven and God and Christ is doing for us now and how that we can prove that heaven is real? How can we prove and so many ways how we can prove to the world that heaven uh, itself uh, is a definitive understanding that yet hell is real uh, because without heaven, there is no hell. Without hell, there is no heaven. We understand that today. I want to ask you or I want to give you one other quick statement here uh, as we move forward is that for some people, the worst of times brings out the best of them. That is very true. There are some people that the worse the circumstances get, uh, the greater the grace, the greater the love, the greater the Christian personality comes out of them. Uh, but there are some people in this world that any time brings out the worst in them. And there are so many people like that. You know, I know in the years that I've been blessed to live so far that I have uh, been around people that just had the silver spoon, and pardon the cliche, uh, that have had the houses and the cars and the finances and the titles and, and the families and all the things that they wanted and most everything that they had, they complained about because it wasn't enough and they needed more. But then I found other people in my life and throughout my life where uh, people have had very little. Uh, I've been into people's homes where there was holes in the walls, where water was running uh, from a, uh, a kitchen through a living room down to a bedroom and out the other side of the house. I saw that in Braxton County on a missions trip one year. Uh, and seeing how people were just living in such desperate times and yet they were still willing to glorify and to love Jesus Christ for all that he had given them and these should be times that we should be encouraged these should be times that we should be excited and I know that if you'll just really listen not to the words that I speak tonight but listen to the authority of God which will be spoken tonight that it will continue to encourage you and I praise you uh, to, to tonight that uh, if this is something that you believe that a friend or a loved one would benefit by i Hope that you will just forward uh, this message to them. How we respond to discouragement affects everything in our life that is positive about us. 
And I think sometimes we really don't think about that. Uh, when we do deal with discouragement, it brings us down emotionally. It brings us down spiritually. Uh, we don't think about the effects of us and our personalities and our spiritual needs and desires uh, in our positive ways. Because we can only deal with discouragement for so long. Every one of us, doesn't matter who we are, doesn't matter our educational levels, that every one of us at some point will succumb to discouragement. We must fight discouragement. We we must put it in its place. It's not that it can't be entertained. It's meaning that it's not that we can't deal with discouragement. Uh, I believe some discouragement in life is actually a good thing because it keeps us uh, with a deeper understanding of what is positive, what is the will of God, what are the ways of God. Uh, it helps to keep our lives evened out. Uh, if everything was good all the time, we'd be complaining anyway. So it really wouldn't matter if, uh, if we had discouragement uh, from an outside source or not, that even if everything was perfect we would still be complaining about something but we are to to think about uh, discouragement and how it does affect us and then the long haul how it affect us uh, when in relations to being a blessing to others but right now uh, brothers and sisters and for everyone that's listening to, to tonight and, and whenever right now what are some of the things that you are discouraged about what are some of those things I really don't want you to dwell on them I do want you to think about them and bring them up really quick in your mind and uh, those that are aggravating you now and discouraging you even more just set it aside but you do need to think about it because Listen, every one of us wants to have the abilities to set aside discouragement or to, to process things out that are things that bring us pain or discomfort. But here's the thing. If these things are not dealt with, they're always going to remain in our minds and our hearts. We may suppress them for a point of time. We may be able to uh, get past them for a point of time, but Satan will throw things back in our mind. Or you may hear a song. You may smell a smell. You may see a sight. Uh, you may have something that brings that negative situation back to you uh, and you need to realize what they are and you need to ask the Lord to help you uh, with those things because the second part of that question simply is is how are you dealing with them uh, for most people that I deal with and even my own personal life through the years that again many times we don't deal with discouragement so the word of God tonight is going to teach us that we need to deal with discouragement but deal with it in a way that we understand it we process it we proof it out of our life by the love and grace of Almighty God and that we just move forward with it. Now, I want to give this to you, and I'm going to read another text before I get into Romans uh, chapter 12. But I want to give this to you, and I want you to listen very quickly. Discouragement. Discouragement is not the circumstances itself. Now, listen to that. Discouragement is not the circumstances itself. Discouragement comes from how you are or are not dealing with the circumstance. So, Many times Satan will tell us, focus on discouragement, focus on discouragement. The problem is it's not discouragement for Christians. The problem is, is not dealing with the problem itself. Now, I know I've just said this and I've repeated myself a couple times in the last few minutes, but it's vitally important that we understand that, that discouragement itself is defeated by our wills to defeat it. Discouragement is not our circumstances. D uh, discouragement is not the reality of how we're living our life or what we're entertaining in our life. Discouragement comes to the believer in Jesus Christ only when we do not deal with the circumstance itself and we deal with it by prayer. We deal with it in faith and we deal with it by the understanding and that we know that our life is not settled within our circumstances of discouragement, but our, our faith and our 
foundering, uh, uh, founding faith in Jesus Christ is found in those circumstances of reality through the conclusions in faith. Now I want to read this to you really quick, and then we're going to Romans chapter 12. Is Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. I love this verse of Scripture. He says, the Apostle Paul tells us the churches at Rome, he says, For I reckon... Reckon just simply means that I have come to that absolute understanding. I've come to the conclusion, for I reckon that the sufferings, and you can identify sufferings in any way, for that the sufferings of this present time, this time right now that we are dealing with, they are not worthy. They are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What, is, what does he mean when the Apostle Paul says that they are not worthy of the grace that God has shown to our hearts of what we know that lies ahead of us? What does he mean that they do not have the same value? The value of what we know lies ahead of us for as Christians is not worthy to be compared to the current circumstances. And to break that down just a little bit more, it simply means this. And the Apostle Paul is, is using this verse as a very encouraging precept of grace to the to the readers then and now that we are not to stay remained upon the negative and influential circumstances of this life even though we deal with them we are not to succumb to them because even the gravest of circumstances that we deal with now and today is still nothing to be compared to the grace and the glory of almighty god that will be revealed on the day that when we see Jesus Christ face to face. We are not to be so overwhelmed. We are not to be so fearful. We are not to be so concerned. We are not to be so discouraged in a way that it takes the joy of our salvation away from the present life, the present abilities to process these times, to deal with these times, that we are to deal and to live in grace forever, not only in heaven, but now. And that's why the, the message today is from heaven to earth, that we are living in the precursors of our destination with Jesus Christ now and heaven is here now and heaven will be brought to earth and yet earth will be bound in heaven and what I mean by that is is that our minds and our hearts will be found within the joys of the confinements of grace and not found in the uh, times of evidence of what we believe to be an evident time of discouragement or a time of confusion we are to live in the grace of Almighty God. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 13 here tonight. Verse 9 says, Let love be without dissimulation. What does that mean? Let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be without insensitivity. We are to abhor, we are to detest that which is evil, and we are to cleave to that which is good. What does that mean? That we are within ourselves as Christians, we are to let this love. What is this love that the Apostle Paul is speaking about? This love is the love of God. This love is the love of Jesus Christ. This love is the love that God had in his heart to send Jesus Christ 
to this world to live this life, to set the Christian example, to set the life example that we could live this life in absolute assurity of grace and mercy through love. And yet this is also the epitome of the love of Jesus Christ that led him, that even drove him to the cross itself, that he would die for each and every human being. Even if they choose not to receive grace by faith and faith alone, even if they was not willing to believe and trust in that there is only one name one name by which will get you to heaven even if they absolutely just curse the name of God and and reject the name of Jesus Christ Christ went to the cross for all people he is all God to all people at all times and we pray that all people will come to that acknowledgement and will completely trust in him so this love that the apostle Paul is talking about is the origin of the agape love of God that the agape love of God needs to be without insensitivity and hypocrisy. So the Apostle Paul says that we are to live our life not living as a Christian that says one thing and does another or a Christian that says, hey, call me when you need something, but yet when you call, you don't answer the phone. The Apostle Paul encourages us to live our life each and every day set aside, even if there is no phone calls, even if there is no request of need, if there is no prayer requests that are mentioned, if there is nothing that is given and understand this is not a pastor issue, this is an issue with all Christians because there are some Christians that will call you that will not call me and we need to have our hearts prepared for service and he says that when we live and we serve and we labor in the agape love of God that we will not live with insensitivity nor will we live with hypocrisy so he says how do we combat this how do we combat the times that when we can be insensitive or the times that we can be hypocritical the apostle paul gives us that answer when he says we are to abhor or we are to detest that which is evil and we are to cleave and cling and hold on to like a life's principle that you must cleave to this principle of life that it is your life like you're holding on to a tree uh, limb or you're holding on to a rock that's going to keep you from falling and plunge it to your death here the apostle paul uses this word cleave he says hold on to it with all that you have because even when you feel that you are weak Jesus Christ will fill you with the strength that you need just to continue to hold on so but he also says at the first part of that he says that we are to abhor to detest to let go the things that are evil what are these evil things when somebody calls you or you know there's a need even if you've heard through a second or third party you know that there's somebody that has something that they're in need of whether it be finances, whether it be food, whether it be prayers, whether it be just communication, whether it would be just taking your time to set your own personal wills and desires off to the side to be able to minister to somebody else. Anything that is evil, anything that goes against the Spirit and the walking of the Spirit of God through your heart to complete those things, we need to understand that these are the times, these are the times right now today, April 1st, 2020, and yet even six months ago the date and the circumstances do not dictate the love and the need of the exhortation of the agape love of God so we don't just give the agape love of God when something tragic has happened we are to give the love of God to every man to every person to every man woman and child to every saved born again Christian to every 
every lost and need of Christ person, it doesn't matter who they are, what they are, where they're living, what their circumstances are, that we as Christians, for we are to reckon that the sufferings of this time are not to be compared to the glories of God. But yet in the time of crisis, in the time of Christ, listen to this Christians, in the time of crisis, Christians are to excel in godliness and we are not to succumb to the negative circumstances that we are facing. And we will not talk a lot about that, but what we are dealing with today on April 1st, where our world is at, the disease that is going so rampant, the lives that are being lost, the, the flesh that is being afflicted and yet will not succumb to the cause of this virus. But yet we understand that in everything and in every circumstance, the Christians should be the ones that are standing up for the cause of Jesus Christ. We are not completely dependent upon those people in the medical field and they're doing a great job and we praise God for them but we are not to just depend upon their medical skills we need to be in prayerful support and we need to be praying out to God and we need to be crying out to God 2nd Chronicles seven fourteen. that if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face then will I hear, hear from heaven and heal their lands and that's what we need today we need a fervent prayer of the Christian we need the Christians to stand up we need Christians to be praying. We need Christians to be living in the grace and the love of God. We need Christians to be standing forth in a way that only Jesus Christ Himself can be seen. And we need to be standing up in this great ex excelling of Christian godliness in our faith and in our homes and in our jobs and in our churches and in the world today. And when you pass somebody in the grocery store and they seem down and depressed, say something encouraging to them. Show them and prove to them that the love of God is greater than the negative circumstances that Satan would have us focus on. Let's look at verse 10 of Romans chapter 12. He says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. He says, in honor, preferring one another. He says, and let's go back to the beginning of verse 10. He says, be kindly affectioned one to another. We are to show Christian love. We are to show Christian compassion. And listen, what as I mentioned a few minutes ago, if you know there's a need, don't you wait and, and think that somebody may call you. Don't even think, well, let the Spirit move me and then I will go. If you need, if you know that there is a need of a life, if whether it's that of physical, spiritual, it doesn't matter what it is, don't wait. Don't confuse your mind and in your heart by justifying that you're not doing anything. Don't wait for the Spirit to move. Let the Spirit that's already in you that is already moving, let that Spirit be worked out in, in your heart. Let it be worked out in your mind and call that person. Or if you are affirmed that you know what the need are is at that particular moment, take care of it. Reach out to that person. Don't wait for the phone call. And, and, and it doesn't matter. Maybe praise God that you can supply the need of the moment and yet they won't even know who you are. What a blessing it is to be able to do things for other people and yet your name be unannounced to the individual. But the blessing has been seen. It doesn't matter. Let God use your labor. Stop worrying about God using your name. And stand affirmed and do what needs to be done. And the Christian 
Christian community is to be affectioned one to another. Let me tell you what, in something in the circumstances we're living at in today, if we as Christians cannot get along, and I'm not saying that we're not, but if we as Christians, and I'm talking about the born again believers, I'm not talking about the religious people of the world that still need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, but those of us that are born again Christians, I don't care what the name of the church is over the doors of the church, that we are bound together by the love and the bondage of grace through Jesus Christ, and we should be working together and not consumed about losing people from one church going to a another church are worried about pastors worrying about somebody else uh, appreciating them or liking their preaching better or more we as Christians need to stand up today and affirm the grace of God and we need to give it to the world and we need to stand together and we need to show that the love of Christ gets us past and through every circumstance of life and that we love him and we're going to work together and we're going to see the things worked out and we're going to see the other side of this and there is an end to this time but yet what will the mind and the heart be at the end of this time will we be discouraged because we displaced our faith in our circumstances at the moment or will we find a revelation of glory and will we be standing outside of our homes and raising our hands in praise and worship and glorifying Jesus Christ for all that he has done and all that he was able to do for us and through us that each and every one of us as Christians that when we we see the end of this time that each and every one of us should be standing affirmed in the positive nature and in the positive spirit of God that we will not feel discouraged at the end but we will remain encouraged through it all let's look at Philippians chapter 2 Philippians chapter 2 uh, verses 3 and 4 he says let nothing be done through stop through strife or vainglory so don't do it through anger. Don't do it through vainglory. What is he saying? Don't just do it because you, it has to be done. Do it with a spirit of meekness, with a spirit of kindness. And what does he mean by vainglory? Don't let it work. Don't worry about what people think about you. Don't think that your name has to be mentioned. Don't look for praise. Don't work for any type of man worship to you. Just do what you need to do that here the Apostle Paul says. He says, but in lowliness of your mind, in lowliness of your mind, he said, let each, each, each person, let each person esteem one better than themselves. We are to look to others to do more for others, to do better for others than we are to do for ourselves. But Satan contradicts that. The natural man contradicts that. It's like, well, let me take care of myself first. Here, the Word of God teaches us that we're to take care of others first and we're to do it better. We're to give them better. We're to help others better. We're to express better. If you go and, and, and uh, you buy generic vegetables at the grocery store when you go to buy food for somebody else you don't buy the same generic groceries you go and get the name brand and you take that what am i saying why am i even saying that tonight because it proves to the individual it doesn't matter they don't have to know what you eat they don't have to know what you buy they don't have to know how you live all they are seeing is the expression of love and you took one the time and number two you took the extra finances to buy them something 
everything that is brand name and the brand name by what we present at those moments is not Libby, it's not Del Monte, it is the love of Jesus Christ for all men, for all people, for all times. And that is what we are to do. And we are to express that. But we are to do better for others. In verse 4 he says, And let not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Again, this is just setting aside the times. This is setting aside the abilities to be able to do something. If you see somebody's grass that normally would be cut by a contractor, but yet they can't cut it right now. Maybe it's you doing that. Maybe it's you just calling. Maybe it's you expressing love. Maybe it's you sending some kind of a card. It doesn't matter what it is that you take the time to show the expressions of grace and the love to somebody else why and you can say well is it the right thing to do yes it is but it should be the thing that you want to do as a Christian and you should want to do better you should want others to have better than you you should want others to be stronger in their faith and their walk with the Lord and many times it just stands with you and with I let's go back to verse 11 of the text of Romans chapter 12 and verse 11 he said not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. We as Christians and we as the church, we need to remain mindful of ministry at all times and understanding all of our responsibilities. So many times that we, we think that our responsibilities are uh, dictated by our circumstances. We believe, I believe that there are some in the church, in the church administrators, that we think that. That we, we think that when uh, 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 Thanksgiving comes around, that that's the only time of year that we're supposed to go out and buy some turkeys or to take care of families that are, that are struggling at that moment or maybe take you know, some type of food or something to our first responders or to, or, uh, to our hospital personnel at Thanksgiving or, or Christmas time. Let me tell you what, there's needs every single day of the year. 365 days a year, there are people that need things. Our first responders are not there just on Thanksgiving or Christmas day. They're there 365 uh, uh, days out of the year. They are there 24 hours a day. They're always there. They're putting their life on the line just so as the, uh, as the emergency personnel are at the hospitals and the clinics. They're there for us always. And we don't think enough about people like that but what I'm saying here is tonight let me get back on track simply is this is that within our minds and our heart that as Christians and as as administrators of the church that we should not shine just in these moments but we should be shining the glory of God and the love of Jesus Christ every single day it doesn't matter what it is that's going on we should always and this is what Paul is saying he says we should never be slothful in the business and in the activities in the ideas of the mind and the heart we should be fervent in spirit what does that mean that we should continue to serve the lord and his people with an energy with a positive attitude and most of all with an enthusiastic heart we should always be looking we shouldn't have to get the phone call we shouldn't have to always get the movement of the spirit we should at times be searching and that's done by phone calls that's like hey how are you doing Doing today is there something I can do for you that is not just the brethren that is for all people one of the greatest ways to witness to people today and tomorrow and forever until we go home to be with the Lord is simply showing concern for somebody else 
other than ourselves and by simply doing nothing more than calling and saying, hey, is there anything that I can do for you? And this is exactly what we should be doing. It's exactly what the church should be doing and that we should be doing it with this energy it with this positive attitude and with the absolute enthusiastic heart of grace of Almighty God. That is what we are to be proving to the world and giving to the world today. Let's look at verse 12 of the text. He says, rejoicing in hope. Now what is rejoicing mean? I'm going to give this to you very quickly here tonight so you can understand. And this was part, this is part in one of the main points. Remember early when I talked to you about discouragement, I said if you will listen to this message, then you'll be encouraged. So this is, all of this has been encouraging so far, but I want you to look at the first word in verse 12 when it says rejoicing in hope. Now, I'm going to take just a few minutes to point this out. What is this rejoicing? It is, a, it is in the state of being calm. There's four states here that are the state of the human heart. That's what I mean. There are four states of the human heart and the human mind that you need to be in to have this hope. What are these four things? The first one is that you are to be calm. You are to be calm. The second thing is, is that you are to be happy. You are to be happy. Not because of your circumstances, but through your circumstances. There's a difference in that. We won't go there tonight. He said, the third one is, is that we need to be well. Be well. You say, well, pastor, what if I'm physically afflicted? He's not talking about afflictions of the flesh. He's talking about afflictions of the mind, the heart, and the spirit. He says that you need to be calm in your mind and in your heart. You need to be happy in your mind and your heart. You need to be well in your mind and your heart because no matter where your flesh is, if your spirit's in the right place, your flesh is going to follow. And the fourth one is, is that in rejoicing, we need to rest in hope. Now, I'm going to give these to you again very quickly and put them in the context, and I'm going to replace the one word, rejoicing, with each of these points, so maybe it'll help you to understand tonight. Calmly in hope. Happy in hope. Be well in hope. Resting in hope. What does that mean? All of those points simply means is that the faith and the love of Almighty God is in the center point of your life. It's the center point of your heart. It is absolutely everything that happens to you in your life, no matter what it is that's going on, everything is filtered, no matter if it's mind, heart, or spirit, or if it's flesh, everything in your life is filtered through the rejoicing of the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. I've heard so many people in a joyous way have said, listen, if it is my time to go, if God chooses to take me now, then that's okay. I'm ready to go be with Jesus Christ. They're not trying to run from something. They're not trying to escape from something. They're wanting to go to the one that has saved them. There's a difference in saying, Lord, just get me out of here. I don't want to deal with this. Then it is to look to heaven, to raise your hands in worship, to let the tears flow down your face and you look to heaven and you say, Lord Jesus, I am so anxious and ready to see you. I know that in the blessed assurance of hope in the moment that my flesh hits the ground, that I know that I'm going to come and be with you. There's a difference in that. And 
this is that hope that the Apostle Paul is speaking about. He says, but also with this hope, and again, how he uses this timeline here, he says, let hope be first, because in hope, we will be patient in tribulations. We will be mindful of tribulations. We will deal with these things. We will not succumb to them. We will not get on our face and have to ask God to forgive us. We will get on our face and praise God for sustaining us through it. There is a huge difference in those two. He moves on at the end of the verse 12 and he says, continuing instant in prayer. That simply means is that you are continuously praying. You are pouring your heart out to God. But let me encourage you tonight to understand this. If you don't have this calm, happy, be well, uh, resting in hope, your prayers will not be what they should be. If you're not resting in hope, if you're not calming in your circumstances, if you are not to be well in your in your future, if you are not resting in the grace of Almighty God, your prayers can be an offense to God instead of being a blessing to God's ears. Because when we are not resting in, in this hope, we are not patient in tribulation, and we will not be praying, and yet we will not be praying the way we should be praying. And even in the midst of the greatest of turmoil, those prayers at those moments should be us crying out, praising God and thanking Him for everything, including our present circumstances. And I know that many of you that will be listening to this have dealt with that similar situation. Many of you have been laying on the... Uh, uh, operating room table and the the physical physicians were standing over you the nurses were there the aides were there and they were looking at you and trying to give you some kind of hope they were trying to give you some kind of peace that was going to allow you to just calm down but it wasn't the words of a man but the man Christ Jesus that said I will never leave you nor forsake you those were the calming words that God used for you in those moments those were the words that you used at that very moment that you knew that you was not going to concede and succumb to the fear of the moment of worrying about an outcome of the flesh because you already knew where the spirit was going to wind up and you praise God for those moments and we pray that you praise God now for every circumstance and anyone that's listening to this and you may want to take this time and you may want to curse God you may want to blame God you may want to tell God his business you may want to tell God he did something something wrong you may want to tell God that he's not a God of love and of faith let me tell you one thing right now whoever you are that the love of God is greater than your circumstances so you need to let the God that is the creator of all things the God that gave grace the God that showed mercy the God that gave all things you better be getting on your face and praising him and thanking him for what he has done other than whining about the things that you think that he should have done because what should have been done in your mind was definitely wrong because the wills of God are not always the ways of man. And you need to praise God tonight for that. And you need to have that happiness. And you need to have that hope. And you need to reach out to Him and praise and glorify Him in all things today because He holds every today and will lead us unto every tomorrow. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 to 6. He says, rejoice. It's the same thing as what I read earlier in Romans. Rejoice. We're to be happy. We're to be well. We're to be calm. We're to be secure in all things. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. 
And the, the confirmation or affirmation here that he uses, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, and again, I say, rejoice. You say, why did he say that twice? Well, I'll be honest with you. There's sometimes we need to hear it twice. There's sometimes we need to hear it four or five times. And for some of us that are more spiritually hard-headed than others, there's times we probably need to hear that 20 or 30 times. But here the Apostle Paul is using this as an uplifting, encouraging time that he can just say, brothers and sisters, be happy, be well in the Lord always. Verse 5, he says, let your moderation be known unto uh, all men. This unto is in action. So when he says, let your moderation, let your life, let your heart, let your circumstances, let your gentleness, let your forbearance, let every aspect of what is in you and all of these things that he's speaking about here about moderation is the characteristics of Christ that should be seen through us. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men, which again is an action word, which is moving you forward. The Lord is at hand. What does he mean? Because it's right. You need to be doing it. There is a time when Christ is moving. There's a time when the Spirit is moving. There's a time when the Word of God cannot be hindered by the circumstances of man. There is just time when you need to let your life shine before other men. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, always and forever give grace and glory and attribute all that you do to the name of Jesus Christ because it's only because of His name. It's only because of His salvation. It's only because of His glory that you're actually able to do what you can do and what you should be doing. In verse 6, he simply says this at the first part of verse 6. And he says, be careful, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. You know, there's so many times... That whether there's a need, whether that need has been moved by the Spirit of God saying go and do it, or whether it's a need that you know that needs to be done, and you know that somebody needs $50 to help to pay a light bill, or somebody needs $50 to go buy groceries, or somebody needs $50 to get their car fixed so they can keep going to work, and you and I, as we all have in time, and we look at those, that, that time, and we look at that circumstance, and we say, but I've only got $60. I've only got $60. If I give them 50, then I'm only going to have 10. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not. Let me tell you what. Be anxious for nothing. Be not troubled for anything. Understand and know that God will take care of you. And do these things in the names and the purpose of God and of Christ and let Christ be seen and shown through you. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 and 36. He says, now, now listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. This is, this is very compelling tonight. And it falls right into this from heaven to earth. In verse, in verse 35, he says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. He says, don't throw it away. Don't give it away, which hath great recompense of reward. 
Don't throw away the confidence. Don't throw away the hope. If you believe today when everything's good that Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you, let me tell you what. He's still the same Jesus when everything's going wrong. He's still the same Jesus when you've still got $10 in the bank. He's still the same Jesus when you've got nothing in the bank. He's still the same Jesus sitting in the doctor's office. He's still the same Jesus that knows what the outcome of every circumstance is going to be if he is not changed, if his heart is not changed, if his position is not changed with us, then why is it that our position changes with him? So we are not to cast away that confidence. Verse 36, he says, for you have need of patience. What is this patience? Now that P word, not patience word, that, that's kind of word we really don't like uh, as Christians. We really don't want to use. We really don't want to talk about, uh, you know, but, but let me give this to you. Let, let, me, let me just give you a little bit of hope here tonight. Let me, let me give you a little bit of encouragement here tonight. Okay. Uh, for you have need of endurance. For you have need of endurance. Maybe you need to, it, you can look at its patience. And as you grow in the Lord, your grace, your strength, the knowledge of, of your faith in God, as it, as it grows, you, you'll be able to use this word patience more. But let's look at it tonight and we'll change it up for you just to help you out a little bit to get you past these next few minutes that we're together. He says, for you have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So what is he talking about here? That you understand that irregardless of what it is, and I'm not going to take time with this because time's running out, that, that understand that no matter what your circumstance is, no matter what you're going through, no matter what is taking place, no matter what is happening, no matter what is going on, that God Himself, that through the patience, through the persistence, let me tell you what, you want to know patience, think of what Jesus went through when He went to the cross. Matter of fact, go back to the garden. When he was in the garden, he was praying. Think about the sweat drops of blood. Think about the, the pain of the mind and of the heart. Think about of the pain in the mind of Jesus in the courtyard when he's being beaten for you and for me. Think about the time when they placed that cross on him and he was having to carry that, that burdensome cross. And I'm not talking about the physical cross, but yet the physical cross. When he carried that up to Calvary for us. When they nailed those, when they drove those nails into his hands and into his feet. When they picked up that cross and it slid down in that hole and that, that cross hit the bottom of that hole and the pain that must have been in, in severe anguish in his flesh as he hung on that cross, as God turned his back on his son, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When your life, when my life, when the sins that we were going to commit, even if it was only one, one of those sins was taken upon the burdens of Jesus Christ and he paid for that sin and your sins and my sin and our service and our life and the lives of, of our family and the lives of others and countless others throughout history. Jesus saw them because he see he and he saw us and what we could do for them through the life that we would live. That you might receive the promise. That promise is coming. That hope is coming. That love is coming. And we say, wait a minute, when's it coming? If you're saved, it's already here. Because from heaven to earth, and Jesus has made himself known unto man, unto you. 
Let's look quickly at verse 13 of Romans chapter 12. He says, distributing to the necessities of saints given to hospitality. That we are to distribute to those of the brethren. We are to do it in hospitality. We're to do it into love. We're to do it with faith. And we're to do it with the favor of God in the presence of those that we love so much. I want to read one last couple verses here to you. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. He says, Hereby perceive, that means to know, hereby we know that we have the love of God because He laid down His life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Concluding in verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Doing it, knowing why you're doing it, reliving the purpose of how you can do it through the love of Jesus Christ. I want to close this tonight as the Lord has laid this on my heart. For any of you that are listening, and there's been a time in your past when you have been troublesome and burdensome to another Christian. There's been a time that you have not dealt with others with Christian love, through Christian faith, through Christian maturity. You let anger, frustrations, need. Maybe something was going on in your life that didn't have anything to do with that brother or sister, but you took your frustration and your discouragement out on them. I'm encouraging you here tonight by the word of God, by the heart of God, reach out to them, talk to them, take just a few minutes of your time and convey your heart to them and tell them how sorry you are. And I don't care if it happened 10 years ago, 10 minutes ago, or 50 years ago. If that person still alive and is remaining here today, reach out to them and talk to them. Don't send them a text. Don't send an email. Don't even send a card. Talk to them. Worship with them. Encourage them. Be a blessing to them. And I promise you, you will receive the greater blessing. Be patient. Have an enduring heart and faith. And reach out to them. And help yourself. To stop being discouraged. And for those of you that this person that you have hurt. They're gone and they're with the Lord now. Pray to God tonight. Pray to Jesus tonight. And ask him to help you. To get past that moment. But help you to get past it with grace. And with strength. And with maturity. Ask the Lord to help you to stop being discouraged. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now is the time for you to reach out to the Christ that reached out to you so long ago. Do what he asked. Set the pain of the heart aside and let the love of Jesus shine through. Whatever decisions you need to make tonight, Christians, whether it's a phone call or maybe right now you just need to get on your knees at your bedside or your chair side, or just lean forward in your chair and just begin to pray with earnest expectations of love and grace. For you that do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you've trusted in religion, you've trusted in good deeds, you've trusted in anything that you thought that was more important than you. Let the one that is more important than you come into your heart and life. Ask Jesus to forgive you. Repent of all of your sins. Pastor, I don't remember them all. That's okay, he does. He saw them on Calvary. He saw them hanging on that cross. You don't need to name them one by one. You just need to confess all of them unto the one that has already paid the price. Ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of all of your sins. And ask Jesus to come into your heart, into your life, and to save you. Just pray this simple prayer of faith. Not of mouth, but of heart. Lord Jesus, I love you. I'm so sorry that I've hurt you. I'm sorry that my pain sent you to the cross. But Lord Jesus, I trust in you. I believe in you. I ask that you, the only one that has and can forgive me of my sins, forgive me of all of my sin. Lord Jesus, I accept you into my heart and my life right now. That you would be the Lord and Savior of my life. That you would lead me through every circumstance. That I never live in discouragement of my past or in present or in future but yet heaven to earth now. I receive you and I love you. In your name I pray, amen. Whatever decision needs to be made, if you prayed that prayer of decision, reach out to us. Let us know and let us speak with you. Let us talk with you. Let us help you through this time. and Let us be an encouragement to you. Tracy and I love you and we thank you for all the years of service that we have had here so far and for the time that we'll have together in the future. And if you need anything, all you have to do is reach out to us and we'll do what we can, when we can, to be a blessing to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be safe, be courageous, but always be faithful. And we will see you soon and we will talk to you soon. And until then, with God's love, with Christ's love, and with our thanks.